Hello, and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett, and I'm joined by a special guest, Gary Fox from across the pond. He's the creator of WP SlideSync, which you can find at wpslidesync.com, which is a new way to work with PowerPoint and video and embed that in your WordPress website. We'll get into that in a little bit. He's also a course creator for voiceover artists, which is called, uh, that website is gravyforthebrain.com. Gary, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having us on board. Yeah. I, I love finding out about interesting niches. And that's one of the, yep. the cool parts about my job uh, or just my place in the industry. I see all these interesting niches from like the standard health and fitness, business, um, and relationships and stuff like that. But then there's all these niche careers like voiceover artists. I know a guy who does grandfather clock repair. There's, there's literally like thousands of niches out there that you can create courses in. Can you tell us about your <laughs> course platform and yeah. the niche? Okay. So, um, the niche really is voiceover and, um, it's one of those surprising things that until you get into the industry, you don't realize how broad a market is. So voiceover is used pretty much everywhere. You get people in doing voiceover for ants. You get people that if, uh, you get a movie scene and it's got a lot of background noise, they'll have to recut that and do voices for it. And usually the actors are moved on. So you have to get somebody else in to actually do that. Obviously, foreign films, radio ads, it's enormous yeah, as an industry. And obviously, it's got pretty global because people now can set up their own home studios, which makes it really a feasible you know, um, position that a lot of people can get into. You don't need to physically go into a perfect sound studio. You can record from home given the right equipment. That's and really I mean, cool. A lot of people have got into it. And what great for the brain does is uh, kind of help people learn the skills over a period of time to get their voice and apply for jobs and just you know run it as a business how did you decide that's what i'm going to do that niche well well this is it i didn't decide that chris okay. so i'm not the founder of the business and i um i was lucky enough to come across the business and be part of it at a in its infancy it was founded by a guy called uh, Hugh Edwards, and he's actually a voice director. So he kind of like has been in the business of uh, working with you know lots of big brands and gaming industries, and games is uh, another key part of voiceover. Now, his partner and other co-founder was a guy called um, Peter Dixon, and he does the X Factor voiceover here. So he's pretty well known in the industry. He's uh, he's, he's you can hear him on all, most of the ads. When you get used to his voice, you can kind of like hear him on lots of ads. And together, they put it together. And um, I came in about year two. And it was kind of like done okay. And then it was kind of like flatlining a bit. And uh, I came in and they kind of like, I, I talked to them about some ideas and they went, great, you're on board. And that's, that's pretty much how it happened. That's awesome. And can you tell us about the, you have like multiple courses, what are they about? And ultimately you switch to like a, a monthly subscription model. Can you tell us about the platform? Yeah, sure. So what we did was, um, it, when I walked into the business, it was initially run on um, 
uh, an XML platform, um, you know, like a, a Microsoft, and it made it really inflexible as this whole system. So what we did, we moved it over to WordPress, and that took a bit of work. Um, and in between time, we only had, I think we had about five courses, and we were charging on a per course basis. So, you know, about $129 um, per course, and we'd occasionally discount it down. And there was, like, a lot of friction there, A, in terms of the website, B, in terms of the pricing. And I think a lot of people kind of looked at it and went, yeah, okay, you know, we know you're good and it's a good quality course, but there's quite a few hurdles here. And uh, so I did some market research and I just went around talking to people in the industry, you know, kind of like, you know, from the ground up. And there was kind of like three people in the market. There was kind of like the people that were just coming in who were either doing it as a side hustle, just wanted to get in, maybe earn a bit of extra dough. There were people that were in, but they kind of like needed a bit more upping their skills or maybe wanted to try a different part of voiceover. And then there were the professionals. So we kind of like packaged that up and went, right, okay, so we, there's a journey here. There's a series of courses that we need. To, we've got gaps in our courses. And so we put together kind of like a journey plan of taking somebody from the very beginning through to intermediate all the way up to advanced. And then we thought, okay, so that gave us a number of courses. And then we thought, we'll put it over to subscription because that means people can come in, low friction, they can stay as long as they want, or they can go. You know, kind of like it makes it easy for them. And that really was, the, you know, those two things together, moving over to WordPress, getting it really easy to use, and taking that subscription down just meant that it, the sales flew, absolutely flew. So fast forward today, that's, did you say 25 courses on the membership? We've got um, 16, and we're going to go up to 20 before the end of the year. Oh, that's awesome. And what kind of category? So if you're serving this niche, which is kind of a career niche, the voiceover yeah. artist career, there's the art and then the business of it or whatever. Like what kinds yeah, that's of, right. what are the different, what are some example courses in there? Okay, so we've got, uh, I, we, we try and label it as it is on the tin. So the, yeah. the, the most obvious one is voiceover Guinness. That's the, the foundation course. And then we've got, um, the other courses like uh, voiceover for gaming, which is again because it's even in voiceover, there are special types of voice niches within niches. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like that. So we've got um, voiceovers for audiobooks. Uh, we've got voicing exercises. So how to take care of your voice, how to you know get warm it up in the morning, get it working. We've got how to build a home studio. So that's more of a technical course, so people know what equipment to buy. We've got another course which is about marketing. So how do you actually set up? Get work. Yeah, yeah. get work. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. as much as the, the, the voice is the fun side of it. Um, and, and yeah, you know, and then there's audio book narrations. There's, uh, uh, what else we got? We've got... Um, how to um, actually do the technical side, which is how to actually uh, make a good show reel. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be the thing that people come across first is, you know, on a website is your show reel. So how do you make a fantastic show reel? 
Um, and then these courses, when you look at them, they kind of like start slotting together and take people down a journey of, you know, beginning, get used to your voice, get used to the equipment, setting up your sound, how to go for auditions, how to audition on sites, all these uh, different things. That's great. And with the membership subscription model, you can do kind of choose your own adventure. Like, cause some people might just come in over here. Some people are already, yeah. they don't need the beginner course. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Where did your product WP slide sync come in? And that's for those of you listening or watching, that's at WP What does it do? And then why did you create it? I guess one of the things we, we did uh, and uh, like yourself, we, we kind of like do webinars and uh, so we do weekly webinars and we had a bit of a library building up there and then we did, um, uh, we obviously do the video, but we, we, you know, we always have this visual need to include a visual element, you know, kind of like to support people in terms of, because, yeah, you know, some people like to listen to something, but other people are, you know, just like to see a diagram sometimes. And we found that, you know, we just watched people as they kind of like, you know, were either watching the video and then looking down at the table sort of thing, you know, maybe a diagram, they've downloaded it or and we thought, it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds really simple, but it's just not right. It's so, and, and, and then we kind of like played with the idea of just putting the two alongside each other. But then what we found is that people would get lost sometimes. And maybe, you know, if you've got a bit of a course going on that um, people get lost between where they were on the slide and the video. And so we thought, okay, what if we could just create a navigation bar and people go, okay, you know, last time I was in the course, I got to here. I can kind of remember that slide because they won't remember your video. <laughs> or I want to go back to that point. Like yeah. I already watched yeah. it, but I want to go back. Oh, there's yeah. that visual. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, we came up with this idea of just creating a navigation bar based on the slides that then would sync each time, both with the video and your slides. So you just click it and it will automatically move the slides to exactly where you were and the video would sync exactly to where. And we played with it for a bit and we just did a few tests on a couple of our courses and people just loved it. That We just got immediate feedback. And so we kind of like knew we were onto something. And we're definitely then, onto something. I get questions all the time about how to make slides better, you know, and I'm referring them to you now. <laughs> like I'm like, this is what you got to do. If you're trying to get that inside the website, check out WP SlideSync. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And, and, and hopefully, you know, um, like, you, like you said earlier, you know, this idea of if you're a course creator, you, you always want to, I, th I think if you're into teaching or, or helping people, you always want to try and think about how you can do that better. You know, that's one of the things uh, I think, you know, if you, if you have that in your heart that, you know, you want to service an industry or you want to service a nation and try and make it so that you move people forward in their life or move this, what they can do and helpful and solve some of their problems. Then, you know, this was one of those moments for us, you know, being able to actually do that and, and, and help. And so, um, you know, we've kind of like, created as a product and um, our, you know, interests are to A, just make it available to people, 
but also then to get a bit of feedback to say, what else can we do with it? You know, it's a bit of a playground here. So That's um, awesome. You know. Yeah, I just, just want to say, I often say the, the course launch is the starting line, not the finish yeah. line. So yeah, when you exactly. said, uh, my course is up and I'm watching these people looking down while I'm talking or whatever, like something's not right here. That's the mark of, okay, we're going to continuously improve the experience and the learning journey. And uh, you've mentioned the same thing around the product, WP SlideSync. This is, it's a conversation. What, what else can we do with it? How else can we serve with this tool? That iterative approach of continuous improvement is really the name of the game. So. Oh, yeah. In, in today's world, you know, I'm, you know, a big fan of the, kind of like the lean startup philosophy, which is, you know, there isn't a finished product. You know, you never get to it. And because and, the market will move on if you don't or somebody else will come along. So if you don't have that competitive edge where you're kind of like always looking for doing something different, improving it, refining it, maybe coming up with new angles, then somebody will it's Yeah, just, that in, in today's world. Well, I wanted to move on to something else you said. Um, you were a university lecturer at Oxford, right? Oxford Brooks. It's o- Oxford Brooks. And yeah, it's not, it's not the prestigious <laughs> but Well, it sounds good. You still get to carry it, but some people won't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, what's a, part of this, I talk about the five hats problem that education entrepreneurs, online course creators have, which is they have to be an expert. They have to be a teacher. They have to be a community builder. They have to be an instructional designer. And they have to be an entrepreneur. With your time as a university lecturer, what's some just general tips you have for people who want to get better at teaching? Just that, just the craft of teaching, and you know whether that's online or in person or whatever. I, I think the same thing applies. The interesting thing is there's different generations of teachers um, in universities, you know, and. Um, I think the online works in this way. Okay, so you know this. You know, you need to be engaging. You need to come up with new ideas to add value to your community or or get people so it's more interactive. And I think the the days where you just go into a lecture theatre and just have a a set of students in front of you where they, they, they just go, you know, they just kind of like fall asleep. Yeah, you're just going to, if you're going to talk at people, it's just like the, you can use social media that way. You just blast away. If yeah. you really want engagement, you kind of got to go. Do you know what? I'm going to ask ten questions, okay? And I actually do something which is um, I kind of like walk in, and every other lecture I will do a marking, and I say, right, guys, I'm going to actually score some of you today, okay? And that immediately gets them on their toes. So I say, right, okay, I've prepared some questions and you are going to be put on the spot. Now, that's not great all the time because I know, but I know more audience by this stage. I know who's kind of going to be good at answering and, you know, wants to stand up. And then I actually say, right, now we're going to split into two halves of the room and engage with each other. And I pose one question to one and I ask the, the other group the other. Um, but you know what I haven't. Sorry, I haven't explained this. What I often do is propose, let them have a a, um, a week before, 
if I do that, they get the questions beforehand. So they kind of get a chance to prepare, but they don't know who they're going to be with. Okay. So the class gets pretty heated sometimes, but it, and I don't do it for the whole lesson, but it means that it's more of a, there's more fun in it. It's a conversation. It's not just like yeah. broadcast. Yeah. 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 And I think um, the other teachers that I see around the university that do really, really well, equally do a lot more prep, a lot more um, workshop type operations. I do workshops as well. So I kind of like do lectures and then following that I do workshops. And, and those workshops are really where it happens because you do have to deliver some stuff, but it's the workshops where the conversation happens. And that's where you win hearts and minds. That's awesome. That's, that's great right there. Um, <clears throat> you also have a lot of Fortune 500 company you've worked, or uh, Fortune 500 experience. You've worked with some big companies. Um, I'm always a fan of, and I don't think it happens enough, which is what's something that you've learned in corporate that can translate to the small business, in this case, education entrepreneur. For example, you've done a lot with marketing and CRM consulting. What's something that the little guy or gal, the solo operator or the small business, what'd you learn in corporate that people aren't really doing at the small scale or aren't leveraging? Well, yeah, I think there's two, one of the, there's two sides to this. Okay. So, um, one of the big, my, something I'm absolutely passionate about is, is making sure your brand is consistent and good everywhere. And what I think it's very easy to do as a small business is kind of like throw things around in different channels and different places where you've even got different logos going on, different color schemes going on, and you say different things about yourself. And... You try Instagram for a week and you forget about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's that. And you also, the logo doesn't look the same and, and yeah, all that sort of thing. And I think it's not just that, but it's also then how you say, how you kind of like talk about who you are. And I think one thing for me that small businesses can do is kind of just get to spend a bit of time at the beginning when you've just got, you're getting things together and go, right, what is my brand in 20 seconds? If I was to pitch it to somebody, what's that value proposition? Can I actually do that in say 20, 30 seconds? And if, if you can do it and you can explain it really simply as well, then you're on, you know, you, you, everything else you develop upwards from there will work. Yeah. And it'll make it a lot easy. And just getting that detail right all the way across what brands do is they're so precious um, you know, with every agency and everybody, they're really precious about their the details about their brand because it takes millions and millions and millions of pounds to get that brand to where it is, but it can fall away very quickly with just a few silly mistakes. Could you give us an example of a big brand that you admire that you think does a good job with this? And maybe what their uh, core message is or value proposition. Uh, probably one of the best ones I've worked with is Nike. Um, I, I just amazing culture as well. I think they're innovative. Um, I work with, with the, uh, Nike in Amsterdam and that, and uh, you know they've kind of like got this lovely uh, campus atmosphere. 
the guys are really chilled, but they're always pushing forward. They're always looking for you to challenge them. So when you work with them as a partner, um, they don't expect you to just nod your head. You know, they actually want you to kind of like really, you know, challenge their thinking. And, and I think the same is true of an entrepreneur. You can almost fall in love with your business idea, but actually what you need sometimes is somebody who's can, or a coach or people around you sometimes that can be naysayers and just challenge you as to why you're doing what you're doing and whether you could do it better. And I think, um, yeah, just that element of, you know, being critical, you know, in love with your product, but kind of like still wanting to push the boundaries a bit. What is Nike's core message? Is it just do it or is it like, what's the core brand there? Uh, they kind of like, they've changed it over the years. I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what they're about is excellence. You know, they're about an enabler. I mean, one of the things that I think is always remarkable is when you get somebody like uh, Nike, who's a shoe manufacturer, who then starts producing apps. So all of a sudden, it's not a, you know they're not a, a manufacturer of shoes; they're an enabler with their app because you can track your health, your heart, everything else. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Then, then yeah. the next thing they've said is actually joining with your friends here. We're going to enable you to socially share stuff as well. And, you know, I, I, I think it's that kind of like, um, you know, demonstrating, and, and obviously they use a lot of heroes, you know, in, in terms of their, you know, um, uh, marketing. But they also take it down to the street. Some of the most exciting events I've done were where we organized, you know, little competitions in rural areas, you know, urban areas, and got some guys coming along and playing football together. Uh, and you just see the passion, you know, and, and kind of like they like that sort of viral, down-to-earth sort of marketing, you know, because it keeps them in touch with those people. Sorry, I'll, I, oh, I, that's I, good. That's good. I actually want to go deeper on something you said there, which is you also have experience consulting with big brands and some course creators, uh, coaches out there, they – you know, they may have a course, but they also have like group or private coaching elements that go with it or, or that are an upsell. <clears throat> uh, and with your experience, just consulting in general or perhaps consulting with big brands, how do you become like, or, or what are some ideas or thoughts to share about how to do great consulting uh, with just in general? Because most course creators watching this they probably have just individual clients or groups of people in a particular niche, but how do you, how do you really step into that role as a consultant? Um, I think the biggest thing is that, 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 you know, there are different stages to consulting. So I was always taught, you know, from, from guys I learned from that you absolutely hundred percent get behind your, you know, whoever, business you're going to work with that you get behind it totally you know absolutely to the core so a good example is um years ago um we were pitching for some business with a company called i am so i don't know if you have them in the states like uh, pet food not sure, not sure. May, oh yeah okay. yeah the pet food brand yeah i am yeah okay so 
we we went around and this is kind of like uh so we had to put a pitch and it was i don't know a four or five million pound contract and we as we put the pitch together team nobody on that team could be on that team unless they had a pet <laughs> yeah okay. that's great that's so, that's, yeah. a, that's a simple yeah, it's a simple little thing to, to, to kind of get. But the point is that if anybody at, during that pitch was to be asked a question, they'd be genuine and honest and true about who they were. When you're doing consulting, I think you've got to – the best – it's important to be who you are with the right clients as well. So if you aren't yourself with the right clients and you can't feel the passion for their business – and you feel as though you've got a connection with them, I don't think you're ever going to do your best. So there's sometimes I think it's important to actually say, you know, choose your clients carefully because and really focus on clients in a sector that you really have a passion for because you will always do your best work with clients that you actually have a, a connection with. Yeah. I, I just want to highlight that. That's super valuable. Like if you have a course plus coaching, private coaching, it's great. You just made a bunch more money if you sold the the bigger package, but um, there's kind of a, a little bit of a narrative in online business or passive income that you're building this thing that, um, you know, makes money while you sleep or whatever. But if you're going to do coaching, you got to do coaching. And it's, it's not passive. It's very active, and it takes a lot of commitment. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, you've got to give your best, and it's in person when you're coaching and, and consulting with people. Um, you know, the, it's the hours that you're not in front of the client that count. And that's I mean, a really good point, really good point. You know, it's those preemptive moments that when you – can you know do your research and and don't forget you know uh, one of my best coaches a guy a lady called karen said to me she said look bottom line is your customers always have customers you understand their customers you'll understand the client yeah yeah and i just want to highlight the goal what you said about uh it's the work before the meeting uh if you just show up to a coaching call and be like, how can I help you today? Uh, that's, you're already behind, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. yeah. There's, and every, your clients are not all the same or your coaching clients there. There's personalization. They may have, they may all be pet store owners or whatever, but maybe one of them's, you know, a startup and one of them has like a franchise of all these businesses. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that I've done in the past is, um, uh, one of my clients ran a small chain of news agents, like new shops, and this is going back a few years. Um, and I just went in and started looking around their shops, and I spoke to all the people, and and you know, sort of like um, they're kind of like a convenience store is the better way of saying it in your in, in US terms. And um, straight away, you know, just from looking around the shop, I could see problems in certain areas where they weren't clean and stuff like that but the people and they were having problems with some of the staff turnaround and the shifts and um you you know it's maybe you don't give all of that away because you know you've got to judge you know where where things are but just getting in front of people uh, and either their customers or their operations 
you can have so many insights because some of the guys that you're talking to don't do that. They just don't get down to the ground often enough. And, yeah, that, and I was just going to say that's really an awesome insight because it's not just what the client says, it's like the environment around them. They may not even be aware of this big problem that you see instantly when you see the subtext of what's really going on here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I always think, you know, that sort of getting back to get, getting back to the ground and, and just doing your homework like that and getting to know their customers and just watching how it happens can give you a lot of insights. Yeah. <clears throat> We do that at Lifter LMS where we actually hold our customer's customer as the highest person we're serving. Yeah. So when we're like planning the product or, you know, mostly figuring out how the product works and the experience of actually taking a course or whatever, we're looking after, we're looking after our customer, but we're actually as a higher priority looking after our customer's customer to make sure yeah. that experience is optimized because they matter. Yeah. They both matter. But at the end of the day, the end user matters a heck of a lot. Yeah, and it's that philosophy that creates great businesses. You know, so if you've got that, then 100%, you know, you're going brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I wanted to ask you, this This is either going to be a hard question or an easy question, <laughs> I don't know. But um, one of the things I see when people are doing coaching or consulting is there's this concept of results and who's responsible for the results. So, uh, and, and sometimes the coach or the consultant is like, well, the, the client has, didn't do the work. So they, you know, I gave them the best I could and they didn't, they didn't do what I said, so they didn't get the results. Or maybe the end client said, you know, I implemented everything you said and I didn't get the results. Like where does the responsibility fall and how much ownership should coaches and consultants take of the results or the responsibility for the results happening that were promised in the, or at least pointed to in the coaching or consulting offer. Yeah. I, I think there's, it almost comes back to the very beginning of the process, which is if you oversell um, and under deliver, you're always going to disappoint. And um, no matter how ambitious you might be in terms of, thinking that you can do things you have to have a set of reality and I'm a firm believer that can I scoping out a project really well and identifying the deliverables and talking through who's going to do what between the two of you is absolutely critical now there are kind of like two areas of uh, so in other words if you were doing a soft skills training and it kind of was a culture-based um, transformation, then yeah, I get it. You know, you know that's going to be a hard thing, and you, you're not going to be so sure about where the um, where that takes the business, and you know what happens and where else is going on. You can't control everything in the business, so some some other things can interfere with that. But if you said, for instance, like um, okay, you know, I can actually increase your bottom line on, you know sign up rates on, on your marketing or, and all the rest of it, then yeah, you know, you ought to be, if you've said that, you've got to deliver on it. And so I think you need to be accountable for it. And in 
previous agencies, and I've done it myself sometimes, if I'm really pushed, I'll put money at risk. I'll put my fee at risk. Meaning like you don't get paid unless it works. Yeah, so no. I'll charge yeah. a base rate. I'll charge yeah. a base rate, cover some costs, and then if the money comes in, if I hit my targets, I expect over and above. Skin in the game. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think this is some of the uh, sort of that corporate good sense of going back to the fundamentals. Like, is the offer clean, actionable? Are there pro- are the yeah. processes there and the people there to deliver the result promised? Um, is the value proposition in check? Does the whole team and organization know the culture and brand and embody that? There's a lot of good fundamentals. Yeah, and I think one thing for me is that um, if it's kind of like um, evolving the teams and just getting really to grips with the teams along the way and making sure they are fully up to speed with what's trying to be achieved and they've got a say in it and they feel as though they're involved, that helps if they if you work on projects and you get the sense that it's going to be a top-down tell then i would always be wary of that yeah that's that's a really good point and on that note of like scaling i know course creators who have you know teams of coaches that work in the brand and if you're going to make that transition from the solo operator or just the main founder or whatever is doing the consulting. And if you're getting so big that you need to bring in other coaches, they need to be able to, you know, carry that and, and mm. do that. Also on this, on this concept of scaling in our pre-chat with your course, you've mentioned uh, the concept of franchising the voiceover course. Can you speak to what, like what, what franchising is and like, cause that's a scaling thing. So how are you doing, what does that mean? And how are you going to try to execute on that? Okay. Well, so we're in our infancy at the moment in terms of um, um, getting that underway. But so there's various elements to it to start with. So first of all, there's the, the whole IT stroke operational area that we're looking at and in terms of how you actually deploy multilingual sites, do all the translations, make it easy. Um, so franchise into different countries. Yeah, yeah. And, and mean, you know, so you have to start asking the question, What? okay, so you've got a, a site at the moment, which is the .com. So what role does that play, for instance, in the whole operational part? You know, do you put um, multi-level uh, domains onto that? So, it could, you know, people can easily transform languages that then goes to the franchise site, which means that that lead page becomes their lead page, not your lead page. Um, and so we're mapping all that out at the moment. And where we've got to is, um, well, and one of the most difficult areas is this area of CRM, because you can either operate it so that you hand over almost a package to a country and they can like run it entirely on uh, their own, on their own CRM or you can run it almost as a um, a hierarchy. So you're the parent and you oversee the the child CRM systems. Um, So that's kind of like the top level of the IT and how you have to kind of map out in your mind and stuff. Um, And then on the operational side, there's, again, there's a massive piece in terms of um, the legalities of it. 
you know, getting it all blueprinted, getting the training in place, so that when you go to the franchisee, you make it super, super easy for them, not only just from a legal perspective, from a training. You know, if, if they've got, if we go to Portugal and there's a guy called Pedro and he's just bought his business and he's got two assistants, how can we make it super easy for those assistants to onboard? You know, so it's, there's courses just for that. So just to make sure that we make it easy. But it's a great way. And we've already we've already put the feelers out and we've already got around about eight potential buyers who are interested. They can like already see the, that what it will do for them. And um, yeah, so the model is they buy it, they run it, they get the income. We've got the overall brand and we'll assist them in building the market, building their market. And then we do an 80, 20. So they take 80% of the profits. We take 20. Great. Wow. That's, that's really cool. Um, Gary, I want to thank you for coming on the show. That was, uh, that was one that I think for you listening out there, you watching, watch this one again. There were so many things dropped in this call that uh, are actionable and just a lot of great ideas that I'd encourage you to kind of think about integrating in your project or your business. Check out um, Gary's uh, course site at gravyforthebrain.com. And if you're interested in making more interactive slides that we're talking about, check out wpslidesync.com. If there's anywhere else to connect with you, Gary, is there, is there anything anywhere else you'd like to send the, the people to or any final words? Um, no, I mean, you know, I think, I think this is one of the most exciting spaces at the moment, you know, course creation and, and building communities because, um, you know, that's where the market is. And I think it's people like yourself, Chris, that are taking it further and further. And, and you know, this kind of like added value, um, you know, podcasts and, and everything else is just going to help people. So, and I'm really honored to have been part of this. So thank you very, very much. Really very much appreciated. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gary. And uh, until next time. Okay. Thank you.